Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News's Adam Fisher. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in. It's the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I am Adam Fisher with the Naples Daily News. Across the table from my BFF, my PIC, the BFD, Adam Regan. Regan, what is happening? What is the BFD? The big freaking deal. That's what you are, my man. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. Why did you think it was another F word? That was what I was, I was, I was going with what you said. Gotcha, gotcha. So, it is week six, officially the halfway point of the season, 11-week regular season. This is smack dab in the middle. Coming out later this week, Mr. Regan and I at our respective newspapers will have kind of a mid-season report on what we've seen for the first half of 2019. But right now, we kind of want to preview it and touch on some of the storylines we've noticed, maybe some things that have uh, surprised us a bit so far in the season. So, let's start in Lee County where we are sitting right now. Just tell me, what what, uh, would be your number one, I guess, storyline that pops out? I don't know if it's surprising or not, but Bishop Vero being 5-0, and being the most dominant team and the most complete team in Lee County, they've easily got the best defense. They're ferocious. They've already, they've already pitched three shutouts on the season. I mean, the schedule gets a lot tougher for Bishop Vero. Right. I, after this bye week, they play a rivalry game against Cardinal Mooney, but then they get Delray Beach, American Heritage, Tampa Catholic, University School, and then they finish at Fort, North Fort Myers. Oh, wow. That's a big game. Yeah. Did they play it, them last year? Is this they, new? they did not play okay. them last year, but you know, they're looking for these type of games against the bigger public schools to prove that they belong in the same class well, and deserve that number one ranking. And that's my thought. Let's give them credit for, for going out there. And they played Baron Collier first week, as we talked about, uh, played Palmetto Ridge. And Palmetto Ridge isn't quite what we thought they were going to be yet. That, that's one of my storylines. But still, I mean, that's taking on a school three times your size. And then you saw the big teams are playing. So they've really amped up that schedule, which is huge, because even if they weren't winning, you know, you're playing teams that have good records, and that helps you in getting those playoff points for that RPI. Yeah, they've only given up 15 games all season. Only got 15 points. 15 points, yeah. Back-to-back yeah. shutouts. Oh, my goodness. Are we going to talk about this? The past two games they've won, what, what I'm looking at, uh, 122 to nothing? Is it? Yeah, that's true. They beat Newman 49 nothing, and then they beat LaBelle 73 nothing. which I think that was a little bit of overkill, scoring 51 points in the first half and then leaving some starters in in the third quarter, and then they scored 22 points on a running clock. Mm. They, even, they even scored on a two-point comp- conversion in the third quarter. That's a little overdoing. I think they already made their point with the 51 in the first Well, I, I think it's tricky because we would get this in Collier County a lot, especially about 10 years ago when Naples was, you know, I mean, they're obviously still good, but when they were state championship caliber, you know, they beat Estero 85 to nothing, and it's tough in football. When you get up that big because the third quarter, you can't kneel down. In football, you can't tell a kid not to run hard because – you said they had starters in, but in other well, cases, Taquan Chapman like scored on a forty-nine yard touchdown. But how many? Run. How many? I, I mean, what is Taquan Chapman doing in the well, game? I can't imagine their bench is that big. I mean, do they have how many backups? Do they have? Yeah, I mean, if you, and you can't tell him to kneel down after going ten yards, we're not. You know, we're not asking him to call it. What, what plays are you calling? I, I don't know. I don't call any plays. But I mean, there's Taquan Chapman is one of their best players on the team. What is he doing in the game? Fair enough. But, no, I think Vero, just how dominant they've been. And you, you use the word complete. I like that. Good defense, fun offense. So, yeah, 
Um, I'll go with another private school um, in Collier County, First Baptist, 4-0. and We've got them ranked number three in our power poll this week, and that is a stunning surprise. After last year, they had an um, average season. They made the playoffs and did pretty well. But the past few years, they haven't been that dominant First Baptist team they had. And especially this year, they lose their quarterback who transfers out. They, half of their team is freshmen, and it's a small team anyways. But they are just looking great behind quarterback Rich Millian, who has – I had it in front of me. I don't right now, but I believe 11 touchdowns total, running and passing in four games. I mean, he is killing it, including five last week against CSN. Uh, they're on their way to a playoff berth, and they're on their way to – possibly an undefeated season and with, with Melian I mean I know we're doing our superlatives at on Friday you know probably mid-season offensive MVP could he be in the mix for that oh most definitely when you look at just his numbers so he's, he's their quarterback and he's new to quarterback so he's obviously not com- completing a ton of passes not throwing it a bunch but what he has completed he has 10 touchdown passes on 52 attempts 23 completions and then his legs you know 457 yards rushing another seven touchdowns so that's 17 touchdowns he has that's been very surprising, and they play, obviously, in a smaller school league. It's one that they can win, and I think they might even already be pretty close to clinching the playoffs. We'll find out in a couple weeks when you know we come out with those RPIs. And we'll move back to Lee County, a team that lost to First Baptist in the first game of the season. ECS, this is a team in the offseason. You know all about all the transfers, R.J. Rosales, Terry Lindsay, and those guys all coming to ECS to play for Ernest Graham in his first season with the Sentinels. Well, they're 2-3 and three this year, and everybody is talking about, oh, this experiment at ECS. It's not working, huh? Everybody wants to you know, take their digs right. at it. Well, they're 2-3. and three. They won a pretty big game up at Oak Hall, which both were we picked both against them, and they came back and they won it. The rest of their schedule, man, I don't know if they're going to lose the rest of the way. They play Newman, Community School in Naples. Oasis is a big game at Oasis. Yes, yeah, undefeated Oasis. At Zephyr Hills Christian Academy. Don't know them. Probably not great. And then Gateway Charter to end the end the season. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to lose another game this year. I think that they are going to go 8-2. and two. Well, we see this with these teams that kind of come together like this, especially the smaller teams where there are fewer players on the roster to kind of fill it out. It takes a while to get that cohesion. First week they came out, should have been favored against First Baptist. Now, again, First Baptist surprised us at how good they are, but uh, kind of didn't look great. But now we're seeing them come along. That's a big win on the road this past week going up to Gainesville and winning at Oak Hall. And I will say this, that First Baptist win looks uh, lost. Right. Looks a lot better. Yeah. But – they played Bradenton Southeast, who's a yeah. class 5A or right. 6A school, lost 47 to 12. I mean, they're a perennial playoff team. That's not a bad loss. And then they they lost to 1A Hawthorne, 14 to 6. And Hawthorne, they went, they went to the state semifinals or finals last yeah. year. Th- those are three pretty good losses and are going to help them with the PowerPoints. Yeah, definitely. Let's go to Collier County. My other surprise, or maybe not surprise, but storyline, is Golden Gates. Even though they lost last week to to Key West, a good, solid team, I thought it was going to be dire straits for the Titans this year. New coach, lost 27 seniors. Kind of the same opinion I had about First Baptist, a young team with not a big roster, but they've come out, they've gone 3-2. and That includes a win over uh, Laley, who was our other surprise team early in the year at 3-0. and And then you look kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum, Palmetto Ridge dealing with injuries, obviously coming off the tragic loss of Colby Singletary in the summer, lose their starting quarterback. They're 0-4 right now. Offense can't get going. So that's a team we thought would be uh, contending for a playoff spot. So some interesting teams, some surprises there in Collier County so far. 
Well, that's going to do it for our midseason wrap-up. Don't forget to go to news-press.com slash sports and naplesnews.com for our midseason reports. We're going to have most surprising team, most disappointing team, defensive MVP, offensive MVP, who's looking to make a run, all kinds of stuff in our Friday features. We'll be right back to break down some games. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. It's week six. Got one game, big game on the schedule. Let's break that one down to start. In Collier County, Naples at Baron Collier. Naples has, what, a 20-game winning streak? 21-game winning streak, I believe, dating back to 1999. So tell us, I mean, is this Baron Collier team legit enough to beat Naples? I think they are legit enough to beat Naples. That's not to say I am picking them to beat Naples. But this has been a closer game than you can th- you, you imagine in the past I don't know, five, six years. This game always surprised me. Every year I think it's going to be a blowout. It'll end up being like 21 to 14 or something like that. Years I think it's going to be close. It won't be. Now this game is at Baron Collier. If you will remember, two years ago was I think the best game in this series in decades where Baron Collier led the entire game. Naples couldn't get anything going. They had 16 points, which is very few for a Naples team, until the final 90 seconds. They drive the field, kick a field goal. They win by two points. So Baron Collier is still smarting from that. And last year, uh, their, their playoff team, Baron Collier, was. They go to Naples. They only score nine points. Their offense rushes for something like 70 yards. That's with Drew Powell. And I know that's a driving force for him. He talked about it in the summer that, you know, he thinks of those games where he did not do so well. Naples is one of them. I know Drew Powell is going to be fired up. And if Barrett can throw the ball, I think they'll have success. We've seen that kind of be the Achilles heel over the years, and this year included, Against, for that Naples defense. Even though they have some very good athletes in the secondary, we saw them give up, what, 300 passing yards to Miami Monsignor Pace. So it's going to be a really good game. I expect a huge crowd. It's going to be one of those just fun nights of high school football that's going to be really exciting, really electric, and fun to watch. And last year on the podcast, we talked about that Baron Collier team was the best Baron Collier team in 20 years. Is this the best Baron Collier team in 21 years which team was better last year or this year i i kind of want to say last year just it's taken baron a little a while to get going this year jason grimes starting quarterback for baron collier he's looking very good last time i saw him he was very efficient against immokalee now immokalee's a different beast than naples baron also has had two weeks to prepare for this they've been off two weeks i know that it's a big one for them but coaches want to guard against getting a little too hype because you know, if you lose this game, your season is definitely not over, and they don't want to be demoralized. So I question how much you know they've kind of put into this, and and said you know they don't want this to be the be all end all of their season. So to them, it's just another game. That being said, they did did have two weeks to prepare. That's got to help. Well, I guess we'll find out who you pick in the pick That's segment right. in the next segment. Moving on, Riverdale at Gulf Coast, a district game, and this is a four-team district. You've got Riverdale, Gulf Coast, Northport. And Lehigh. Only three district games for these teams, so this is a huge one. Two teams that have kind of slow starts to the year, but they both are coming off huge wins. Golf Coast, that was my surprise last week. Somehow they throw up 63 points. They're looking good. They got Justin Matia back, their starting quarterback. However, he's kind of running some receiver, some running back, 
Coach Tom Scalise says they want to get their athletes on the field. So he's playing in addition to freshman quarterback Connor Barrett, who's getting better every week. So new look for Gulf Coast. Riverdale, I know, started slow, but they looked pretty good last week. Yeah, Riverdale started slow, and we talk about them every week, about we don't know who's going to be out on the field. They've got so many injuries and so many other issues. You don't know which Riverdale team you're going to get. They come away with a 35-6 to win over Cape Coral last week, and that's no surprise. Cape Coral is looking kind of rough this year. But, I mean, this I think only one team is going to get into the playoffs right. from this district. And right now I think the favorites are Riverdale and Lehigh. Well, I was going to say that the one team in this district that's winless is Lehigh. And Lehigh looked good last week against Naples. I was very surprised by them. They're athletic. They're strong. They held Naples to two offensive touchdowns, which is very impressive. They just need to get some things figured out offensively. Well, the big thing for Riverdale is going to be penalties. and. Mm cutting down on those procedure penalties because last year when they ran that single wing offense they were able to stay ahead of the chains and they were very very disciplined this year not so much and when you get behind the change with with that single wing offense I mean you're not going to do very much so it's going to be a big deal if they can stay ahead of the chains I mean Gulf Coast I think they're going to put up points right I think this is going to be a high scoring game I'm not really sure where to go with it. Like I said, Riverdale is probably one of the favorites, but can they match up well with a high-scoring team like Gulf Coast, who has so many athletes out on the field? Well, and just lastly, I mean, this is good for both teams because while they both have losing records, now you get a win now, you're right back in the thick of it. You know, you're kind of in in the catbird seat for the playoffs, even though you still have two big wins you got to get. Next up, we got Ida Baker at North Fort Myers. Ida Baker coming off a 38-20 to loss to Dunbar, and that game was not as close as the score looks. Dunbar was up 32 to nothing at halftime, wow. and then they put their backups in, and Ida Baker came away with 20 points. That's kind of disappointing for Ida Baker. They started the season 3-1. and one. I thought maybe they would be a force in this district, and they still might be. They still might knock off one of these teams, but I don't think they're going to get it done against North Fort Myers. North Fort Myers, they recovered nicely from that 48-3 to loss to Fort Myers with a big win over Eastleigh County. The question is still whether North can throw the ball, though. I mean, we all know that they can run the ball, but I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to throw the ball all season. They might be in uh, that situation with Riverdale where, you know, they got to cut down on the penalties and, you know, play ball control. I will tell you this game, it is a district game, Class 6A, what is that, District 13, I believe. And these are even more important this year, I think, because of the way the region is aligned. It's going to be very tough to get at-large berths to the playoffs. The only way to guarantee yourself into the playoffs is to win the district championship. There's so many other good teams in this region. There's only four at-large berths available. And you look at this district, you got Dunbar, Fort Myers, North Fort Myers, three teams right there that are used to making the playoffs. Probably two of them are going to get left out. Ida Baker, a team that you know has hopes of making a playoff berth. Go ahead. Why do you say two of them are going to get left out? I think only. I think it's going to be hard to get an at-large berth. I, I guess you're right. M- maybe one of them does, but you know you're looking at those teams from Miami. You're looking at uh, a Baron Collier. If they don't beat Naples, they can get an at-large berth. So that only leaves, and you got some teams, you know, on the other coast. So it's it's going to be very tough. I agree with you. That it's going to be tough, but I think two of these teams make the playoffs. Okay. I think you're going to get the the district winner, obviously, who gets a home game, and then you're going to get the best of the rest. And let's point out, because I looked it up, I was curious, the first 
FHSAA playoff RPI standings come out after week seven. So not this coming Tuesday, but the Tuesday after that. I would like to see them come out earlier so we'd have a little more uh, to discuss so teams would know where they're at. Not that it matters. They're still playing to win the games no matter where you rank. That's late in the season. There's only four weeks left after that. Yeah, I believe that the first playoff standings came out around this week, last year. I think so, too. It's more towards midseason. And let's be honest, really these playoff standings are just fodder for us media types to talk about on podcast. I think the coaches – of those teams would prefer that they come out later so the kids aren't distracted by where they sit now because it's a very fluid thing. Maybe it won't be as fluid with fewer playoff standings coming out later in the season. Right, you're right, but what it does, I like that it generates excitement, not for us podcast folks, but also the fans, and that's always a good thing. Anytime you can get more excitement around high school sports, I'm all about it. Next up, and last but not least, Golden Gate at Immokalee, district game, and as we said, in this 6A region, it might be tougher to get more than one team from yep. your district in. And Golden Gate and Immokalee, I would say that they're you know some of the also-rans in this district that houses Naples and Baron Collier. Yeah, again, it's tough. Immokalee's used to making the playoffs, but now they're in there with uh, Naples, Baron Collier. Palmetto Ridge was a team we thought they would contend for a playoff spot. But, so Immokalee's 1-3. Didn't look terrible against Baron Collier. Scored two touchdowns in the second half to make it respectable. But Immokalee's played a very good schedule. That Clearwater Academy International, Tampa Jesuit. They beat Gulf Coast and losing to Baron Collier. Now they get to the part of the schedule, they can win some games. You got Golden Gate, Clewiston, at Palmetto Ridge, who's struggling, Laley, and then you got Naples, which is obviously tough. But that's four games in a row that Immokalee, if they're playing well and they're using their speed and their athleticism, they're not turning the ball over, they can compete. I know Golden Gate is a team I referenced earlier by being a surprise, a pleasant surprise at 3-2. and two. I still think Immokalee kind of has the edge here, but that'd be a huge win for Golden Gate because they haven't beaten Immokalee you know, for, for a while. So either way, it's going to be a big win for whoever wins this game. Yeah, I've been pretty impressed with Golden Gate's defense so far this season. The question is whether that they can stand up against the big play potential yeah. of Immokalee and the guys they have on the outsides, you know, the Tombs brothers. And, and their guys. receiver, Frank Pierre, he's good. Like, he's a big dude. Yeah. He's quick. And he scored He scored every offensive touchdown for him, them this year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? What makes him so great? He's just, I think he's fat. And he's a big target. I was surprised when I saw him because Immokalee doesn't have a lot of size, either up front or even in their skill positions. It's kind of shorter, smaller guys, but he's got to be at least six foot. He's a junior. I don't know that he played last year because I don't recognize him, but he just looks very physically fit, strong dude. So he, he, he was playing against a Baron team that has, you know, its share of size and athleticism, and he had two touchdown passes, I believe. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, uh, that'll do it for our breakdown segment. No coaches interview this week. When we come back, we're going to pick some games. For the most in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to naplesnews.com and news-press.com. Follow us on Instagram at newspresssports and NDN Prep Zone. On Twitter, Sports and NDN underscore prep zone or download our apps. Welcome back in everybody. It's prediction time. Me and Mr. Regan are gonna pick winners for the week six games. We've got 10 to pick, but first let's look at last week. 
Adam Regan went eight and two, and Adam Fisher went six and four. I am now nine games behind in the overall standings. I still am going to find a way to blame that on Andy Sodegren, who filled in for me a few weeks ago when I was out of town. So probably his fault that I went six and four last week. If he hadn't picked for me two weeks prior, I probably would have gone nine and one. Just saying. You'd still be losing. You're right, I would. I'm down very, very much, and it's almost getting embarrassing at this point. But let's get into it. Well, I'm going to make up the entire nine-game deficit this week. The big one, the big daddy, Naples at Baron Collier. Woo, I'm glad you were picking first this week because I honestly think, you know, Naples is favored, but this could go either way. I said at the beginning of the season that I thought that this was the year that the, the streak would be Right, are you going to stick to it? I am not. Oh. I am going to go with Naples. In a close game, maybe it'll resemble the game from two years ago where they yeah. just 90 seconds of you know, fury from the Golden Eagles wins the game. I've got Bill Kramer. It's so hard to pick against two decades of you know yeah. losing streak. The last time Baron Collier won, I was a sophomore in high school. I could have been playing high school football in that game. Even though I think Baron could win this, I don't have the guts to pick them. I'm sorry, Cougars. I am picking Naples. Let's go to that big 7A district game at Gulf Coast. We got Riverdale at Gulf Coast. Another game I think could be an even matchup, could go either way. What do you think? Like I said, it all comes down to whether Riverdale can put up points with Gulf Coast. And I think Riverdale can play good enough defense to limit Gulf Coast a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they're going to contain them. They're not going to you know, shut them out or anything like that. So I've got the Raiders. Ooh, I'm going to take the Sharks at home. I like what I saw last week. I think they are getting better. And I think they have a little bit more experience, even though I have a freshman at quarterback. They have a lot of guys back on both sides of the ball from last year. So I'm going to go Sharks. I think I like that pick from you. I think that this Well, thank is you. A, I made it. You should have picked them as well then if you like I that I think pick. you took a pretty good chance on this game. All right. Uh, I mean, you got to, you know. I got to take some chances. That's eight, right. eight more of them, actually, <laughs> at least. Let's go Golden Gate at Immokalee. Are you going to take a chance? And I got even though Golden Gate comes in with a better record, I got to think they're the underdog at Immokalee, right? At Immokalee, that that's the big thing right. there. I think at Golden Gate, I would have taken Golden Gate. You know, first off, I want to apologize. I think I said Golden Gate hasn't beaten Immokalee in a while. They beat them last year early in the season when Immokalee started like 0-5. So apologies to my Titans. But back to this game, who are you picking? I'm going to take Amakli, you've inspired me uh, with this Pierre kid. I think he's going to go off. And let me say their quarterback looks good. This is the third quarterback they've had to use really this season when you include the loss of R.J. Rosales. Pedro Arvizio, he looks good. He can throw a good ball. I'll take Amakli as well. Uh, don't let me down, Pedro. Fort Myers at Island Coast. Ooh, or do either of us think Island Coast can keep this close? Island Coast is much improved. They are. From last year. I, and their head coach, Jim Wiseman, is one of the best. I think he gets a lot out of these kids, and they've got some stars. They've got Keon Anderson, who we talk about every week on the podcast, and he goes off every single week. He's one of the you know early candidates for Offensive Player of the Year. But then you have Fort Myers, who for three quarters there against South Fort Myers last week, it looked like South wanted that way yeah. more than Fort Myers did, and then Fort Myers just turned it on last you know 15 minutes or so. And that four-headed backfield of Zamari Harvin, Yusias Young, Reginald Davis, and Dorian Felix is very good, very formidable. I'm going to go with Fort Myers by two touchdowns. I agree. I'll take Fort Myers for all the reasons just given, but I do like Island Coast, and I'm glad to see them doing better this year. 
Ida Baker, a team that's doing better this year, but coming off a loss at North Fort Myers, a team that's played pretty well. We talked about them in the earlier segment. Who are you taking? Well, I will say this about Ida Baker. Kind of bagged on him a little bit in the last segment for going down 32 nothing against Dunbar, but that Dunbar defense is no joke. And, you know, many many a team has, you know, really fallen to that Dunbar defense. Yep. North Fort Myers defense I don't think is as good as the Dunbar defense. Right. So I think this game will be a little closer. It's at North Fort Myers. I think it's the best of the West championship. I mean, I the whole the teams in that western zone mm. of Lee County have their own little championship, nice. and these are the two teams that you know have already come out of that West District. So I think North Fort Myers wins this game at home. I agree. I'll take North Fort Myers. Let's go down to Collier County, Palmetto Ridge at Laley. Now Palmetto Ridge comes in at zero and four. Laley at three and one. They're coming off a bye. Before that, they lost their first game. So it would tell us lately the upstart team is going to win against a uh, Palmetto Reds team that's struggling, probably not going to have their starting quarterback, Evan Rod- Rodriguez, again this year. But you know what? I think the Bears are – they have a very good defense. And Laley could not score on Golden Gate's defense. I think Palmetto Ridge's defense is better. You are supposed to pick first, so I'm going to stop talking and let me see who you're going to pick. Well, for those that don't know – uh, listening to this podcast, I pick the games every week that we're, the ten games every week that we're going to break down, and I always look for those toss-up games. And when I saw this Palmetto Ridge at Laley game, I was like, "That's definitely one for of the real. games we're picking because it's a toss-up game. It's at Laley. Do it, come on. I, I'm going to pick Palmetto Ridge. <sighs> I'm going to pick Chris Token, and I I think he's one of the best coaches in Southwest Florida. I, I think that they're going to win this game, but Laley. I always hate picking against them because they're always that team that can surprise you. Hey, you're a big Laley fanboy. It's true. This game can go either way, and I wanted you to pick first because I'm going to pick the exact opposite. I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if either team won, so I'm just going to go ahead and take the Trojans because they're the home team, and I need to make up ground on Regan and the picks. LaBelle and Mariner. I don't know a ton about either of these teams other than LaBelle got scored a lot of points on last week, and Mariner... They give up points too. Is that right? I don't. Well, they give up points. They're zero and four, but three of those games were decided by a touchdown or less. Ooh. Uh, you know that they, they've had some hard luck. That one game that wasn't, you know, close was North Fort Myers, but they were in that game into right. the third quarter. So I think Mariners a better team than than their zero and four record suggests. LaBelle, they've got two wins this season, but I mean that showing against Bishop Verreau, that's tough. It's tough, really, to take LaBelle on the road, so I'm going to go with Mariner. Yeah, you said it, on the road. If LaBelle was at home, I think they're a little bit more comfortable there and play better there. I, I would be more inclined to lean towards the Cowboys, but I'll take Mariner as well. Lemon Bay at Newman, very interesting game. We've got Lemon Bay, a big 4A public school, coming down to Newman, a 2A private school. LaBelle, I believe, is 0-4. Newman just won a second game. They're 2-3 right now. This is going to be a good game as well, even though LaBelle is 0-4. They obviously, when you're a bigger school, you've got a bigger student body to draw from, a little bit more athleticism, more size. Newman is dealing with injuries. They got banged up a bit last week, so you're down to you know less than 30 players maybe at a private school that didn't have that many to begin with. Do you think the Celtics can uh, get it done against a big public school? I do think the Celtics can get it done against Lemon Bay. Lemon Bay is one of those teams that the teams in Glee and Collier County, the lesser teams schedule because they're a little bigger school and it looks good to win over them, but Lemon Bay is just not that good. Have they ever been that good? Not since I've been down here, no. Yeah, so I've got St. John Newman in this one. You know what, man? 
I, I don't know a ton about Lemon Bay other than their record, but you know what? I got to make up ground. I don't think it's inconceivable that Lemon Bay could come down to Newman, especially when they are banged up, and uh, sneak one out. I'm going to take Lemon Bay, and I'm sorry. You guys know how much I like Newman and athletic director Damon Jones over there. So please, Damon, don't be mad at me, but Lemon Bay, I'm taking them to win. I know someone who will be mad if they, if they listen to this podcast. I know that they have a podcast up in Charlotte County, but, I mean, maybe they – listen up in charlotte county to this podcast uh lemon bay is probably not too happy with me right now why uh, oh because uh, i kind of ripped them there yeah. a little bit as, I mean, as what are, you said they're not good they're, they're the four. cupcake that means they're not good they're the cupcake that the lesser teams in lee and collier county schedule for for a win because on Home, paper it looks good Exa- exactly exactly yeah. so they're probably not gonna be too happy with me maybe it's bulletin board material for lemon bay possibly desoto county at my favorite team cape coral I live and die by the Seahawks this year. Last year I died by them, or last week, I should say. All them. season you've been dying yeah, by so them. Yeah, so I'm going to ride this train. I don't care who you're picking. <laughs> I feel like I've painted myself into a corner, the Cape Coral corner. I'm going to keep taking the Seahawks till they win. They're going to beat DeSoto County at home. Well, DeSoto County is my preseason pick to win this district. I'm not going to shy away from that. That DeSoto County-Cypress Lake game is going to be very interesting. In a couple of weeks, I've got – the team from Arcadia. DeSoto County. Last up, just because it's fun to say, Oviedo Masters Academy at Gateway Charter. It begs the question, what are they masters of? Are they masters of the martial arts? Are they uh, masters at, I I don't know what else you can be a master at. Do they have master's uh, degrees? uh, Are they masters of football? I I mean, maybe, you hope so. They're undefeated, and they've scored a, a lot of points. That is quite masterful. But they're coming all the way from Oviedo. Got to go to that intimidating Gateway Charter field. And it's homecoming at Gateway oh, Charter. Oh, boy. I think the Masters are in trouble. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> and you, we were joking uh, a little earlier, the Oviedo Masters Academy. It sounded a little like a country club or like a secret society or something like that. Well, I that. said it sounds like, you know, they talk about the over 50 division in swimming and running. It's the Masters Academy. So I don't know if this is a bunch of 55-year-old men coming down <laughs> to play at Gateway Charter. That being said, I am going to take the 3-0 team. Oviedo, Masters Academy. Homecoming is going to be very disappointing this year for All the right. Griffins. I'll, I'll take them as well just because I don't know anything else. You're not going to take a chance on Gateway Charter? thought about it, but I don't, I don't know enough uh, about this game, to be honest with you, to pick it. So there you go, guys. Come back next week to find out how we did. And as always, stay with us on Friday nights. We'll have all the live updates, pictures, photos, videos. And stay with us throughout the week, including checking out our uh, midseason reports. We'll be up on our respective websites. That's NaplesNews.com slash sports slash prep zone and news-press.com slash sports. On Friday, for Adam Regan and our wonderful producer, Andrea Melendez, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Thursday at noon to get you ready for the coming weeks.